All right, let's open in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to come, to learn, to learn about how to get more out of our time and your word each day. We pray that uh, you would help us to do that. We pray that we would be consistent about spending time in your word each day and that we would get to know you more through it. And we pray that uh, you would bless this message. We thank you for your grace and amen. So um, today's sermon, or today's message is called How to Get the Most Out of Your Bible Reading Routine. And the main thing we're going to talk about today is I've got seven ideas, seven tips that I think will help to get more out of your Bible reading routine. Ironically, I don't actually have scripture passages I'm going to be quoting in this message, Um, but last time I spoke, (laughs) (laughs) all right, but um, last time I spoke, um, I spoke more about why you should read your Bible and some things the Bible says about why you should read your Bible. So if you didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to it. It's called Sanctification is Simple. But um, anyways, let's go to the slide, what this sermon will help with, or what this message will help with. So there's three things I think this will help with that I'm aiming to help with. Um, Number one, and as always, you guys should have a handout in your bulletins that has the main points for everything. But number one, this will help with learning to get more from the time you spend reading the Bible each day. This will help with, um, if you're struggling with boredom while reading the Bible, this will help lessen that. And this will help with having strategies to really get to know the Bible better. So if any of those interest you, pay attention. And if they don't, pay attention anyway. All right, let's get into it. So seven helpful methods for getting more out of your Bible reading routine. The first one is establish a good daily routine. So I think there's four things that kind of help with this. Um, Number one is just having a set time. You don't need to have a set time of day, but I think it helps. Um... It helps with consistency to have a set time each day, and it also makes it easier because it makes it feel more natural. If every day you do the same thing at the same time, it's just easy to do it because you're used to doing it. You're less likely to struggle with not having the motivation or not feeling like doing it because you always do it that day at that time. Makes it feel more natural, makes it easier. Uh, When picking a time, I've got a few recommendations, not like actual time recommendations, just guidelines. Um, If you're not a morning person, don't pick the morning. Only morning people get to do that. (laughs) Some people say you should read your Bible in the morning. I don't listen to them because I'm not a morning person. I will not be awake, and I will not get much out of it. But, you know, pick a time where you're awake. You should be awake if you're reading the Bible. That would be helpful. Try to pick a time without other competing interests. And, uh, yeah, don't pick a time when you're tired. For me personally anymore, I do like 5.30 p.m. right after dinner. 
and that's been working for me. But something that you can do consistently, a time without competing interests, and a time when you're not tired. The second thing that I think helps establish a good daily routine is having a specific place where you can read your Bible. Uh, it would be good if it were a quiet place, but if you can't manage to find one of those, which hopefully you can, you can always just um, use headphones and play the sound of a fan. I've had to do that before. Um, if you can help it, it'll also be good to have a place where you can be alone. This one has helped me recently, a change that I've made. I now um, read my Bible at my desk, but I used to read it on my couch. But pick a place that's comfortable, but not too comfortable. It shouldn't be uncomfortable, and it shouldn't be too comfortable. Both of those are problems. My desk has been working out much better than the couch was. I haven't fallen asleep at all while reading the Bible recently. So have a set place, a place with as few distractions as possible, a place that isn't uncomfortable. You know, if it's like a place that's too cold or too hot, you'll get distracted by that. And a place that isn't too comfortable. You don't want to be falling asleep. And reading does make it easier to fall asleep. Reading anything does, I think. Um, number three, have a helpful setup. So... What I mean by like a setup, and it might vary depending on whether or not you're using an electronic Bible or a paper Bible, but you know, when you get into place and you're about to read your Bible, you kind of have a setup. You've got your Bible, you might have some pens or some highlighters, you might have a notebook. If you have an electronic setup, you might have, you know, a tablet and then something else to take notes on, or you might have, you know, a desk with multiple monitors like I do. But, um... <laughs> But have a, a setup that's helpful. So we'll get more into the ways that writing can help in a bit. But, you know, if, if you have a paper setup, if you prefer a paper Bible, have a Bible with margin so you, you have room to take notes. If, you, you're, if the Bible you have that you use daily doesn't have room to take notes, I would get a Bible that does. And if you prefer a paper Bible, then keep pens and highlighters. If you prefer an electronic Bible, then um, have an app where you can take notes and when you can highlight things in multiple colors and where you can revisit your notes. And if you want to use an electronic Bible, I personally recommend the Logos Bible app. You can highlight anything in multiple colors, individual words, and you can take as many notes as you want. And I would have a place where you can journal notes, not just making notes in your Bible, but like a notebook, whether it's electronic or physical, a place where you can you know, write stuff down that isn't in your Bible. But we'll get into how helpful that is in a minute. The fourth thing to having a good Bible, a good daily routine, is just to be consistent. Consistency is key with anything, especially with something that, you know, 
makes a difference over time. Last time I spoke, we talked about how Christians are like athletes and the Bible is like food. The scriptures are like food. So if you didn't eat consistently, if you were struggling with consistency in your eating habits, that wouldn't be good. You're not going to have the energy to do things if you're not consistent in your eating habits. So consistency. And I think if you do all four of these together, it just helps to have an easy, maintainable Bible routine, a daily routine. All right, point number two. Use writing to engage deeper. I think writing helps to engage deeper in various ways. And when I mean writing, it doesn't have to be on pen and paper. It can be electronic. Um, you know, that's up to personal preference. But some type of writing. So there's three things that I think um, help you to engage deeper that I kind of group as writing. The first one is highlighting and underlining. Um, I would recommend you have a highlighting system of some sort when going through the Bible. For me, what I did, and it, it can be simple, it's probably better if it is, but the most common one I've had is like, if I see something that's a practical application, like be um, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger, that's practical application. I highlight that in blue. It makes it when I'm going through my Bible, I can see it quickly. Oh, this is something I need to do. It pops out. Because practical application is important. And if something was knowledge of God, because that's also something important we need to be getting from God's word, I would highlight it in red. You know, verses about God's character, God's nature, that's knowledge of God. That's very important. But that's just what I use, but I think it's been helpful for me. And then if something's like particularly impactful or helpful, I might highlight it in yellow. But this helps you engage more, and it makes it easier when you're going through your Bible for passages you've been through and highlighted to, you know, just quickly look at things and note them. Oh, you know, this is important. It makes it pop off the page. But it helps you engage with it. The second way that I think it's helpful to use writing to engage deeper is to take notes. And when I mention take notes here, I mean taking notes in your Bible. So usually when I do this, like I'll be reading and I'll get an insight about a passage and what it means, or I'll have a question about it. And we all get insights and ideas and questions when we're reading the Bible. We all do. But it's easy to forget about them, especially if you don't like mentally engage them and take them further. Um, and writing them down, especially in your Bible, helps you to not forget them. If something's an insight about what the passage means, I tend to write it in my Bible itself. But it's also good to do that with questions too. Everyone has questions about passages, and that's good. And pursuing those questions deeper will help you know the Bible better. And it helps you engage deeper. Yes. Yeah, it can be good to put dates on them. 
If, and if you use a paper Bible and you don't have enough margin, you could use post-it notes. I've seen some people do that. But that could probably become disorganized fairly quickly. But an, another reason I like this, it helps you engage with the ideas and insights and questions you get and take them further. Because, you know, questions especially could be further developed. But, I, I, you know, insights into a passage can be further developed, fully, you know, brought out. If you think about it deeper, you can take it further. But the third way I would use writing to engage with the scriptures is to have kind of like a journal of some sort, like a place that isn't writing in your Bible where you can take notes each day. So what I do um, during my daily time, I create a new note, or I create a new file, because I do it electronically, and at the top I put the starting verse in the passage I'm reading, and then the ending verse for whenever I end, and, um, and then I have a section for notes. And usually, like, I look for things to write in the notes section, and that helps me engage deeper. But I look for, like, lessons that I can glean from the passage, or especially for practical applications. Or sometimes if I have a thought or a question that's really long and I just don't want to write it in my Bible, I write it there. But it's nice because it gives you more room to write, which can help you press your thoughts out further. I think it's an especially good habit to do this and to look for lessons each time, because then you're not reading the Bible passively. You're looking to get things out of it. And there are things, there's valuable things you could be getting out of the Bible each time you read it. But if you're not looking for them, you're less likely to find them. Having a habit like this where you want to write down like a lesson, something that you can you know, glean from it each time, causes you to not be reading passively. And one thing I do that helps me to actually do this and press out you know, those thoughts when studying, this is something I would recommend, but it's just kind of personal preference. For my daily Bible reading, I don't aim to read a certain amount of chapters. I just aim to go for a certain amount of time. And then when I want to study something further or look up similar verses, I'm not like slowing myself down because I'm not, my goal isn't how many verses I read which is also nice because then I'm not tempted to just speed through it to get it done. It's based on how much time. But I think that can be helpful, but that's just personal preference. But having the habit of having like a journal of some sort and writing in it each time really is helpful. This has been quite helpful for me over the years. Just helps to engage more. All these things help to engage more and that's important. You will get more out of your daily Bible reading if you're engaged in it. And it'll be less boring if you struggle with it being boring. Helpful method number three. This one's probably my personal favorite. Do your own Bible studies. Oops. 
So there's three types of Bible studies that are real easy to do that I think are real impactful and everyone should do them. The first one is search for answers to questions. So we all have various questions about the Bible or about various passages or about God. And how you would do this is you, you have a question and you, how I would do it, is you come up with you know, a list of biblically plausible answer to that question, and then you search the scriptures to find things that either support your answer or disprove it. This is a really good mental exercise. This really helps you to get used to thinking through you know, questions about the Bible, which you need to be used to, you need to be good at. It's something you exercise and it, it's important. If, you can't th- if you're a Christian and you can't think through the Bible, that's a problem. There's tons of things about how we interpret the Bible that can be debated, and if you can't think them through for yourself, that's a real issue. But this really helps with that. And it helps to increase your personal understanding of you know, whatever passages you're studying. It also makes you more familiar with the Bible because you're going to do lots of searching. The second type of Bible studies that everyone should do, um, I think making verse lists is really helpful. So this is when you have like a topic in mind and you write down um, you know, every verse you can think of pertaining to that topic. You don't have to write them down from memory. I never do that. I can't write them down from memory. But you know, you look them up and write them down. And you can search further to see, you know, what does the Bible say about this? And just make a list of like all the verses that you can find that have to do with that topic. And you can come back to it later and expand the list. You can expand it over time. And doing that really increases your knowledge of you know, what the Bible says about this, that, and the other. If you want to know whether or not this is helpful, you can also ask Stephen, because Stephen does this a lot, and I'm sure he's found this quite helpful. And it helps you to become more familiar with the scriptures. Familiarity with the scriptures is quite important. We'll get to that in a bit. But this is a very helpful exercise. The third one is similar to that. I call it making principle lists. Um, So you have like a topic in mind you want to do this for. And in your own words, you write down you know, a list of what the Bible teaches, kind of summaries, like what does the Bible teach? Like you, know, you could do this with anything, money, parenting, work, relationships. What does the Bible in its entirety teach about money? And then you make a list. Well, um, it teaches that I should tithe, write that down. Uh, it teaches that a person should you know, keep watch over their flocks because they don't last forever. That means you should know how much money you have because it might go away, (laughs) more or less. You know, with work, it teaches about diligence, it teaches about working unto the Lord. 
But writing down, like going through this exercise, it really helps you to engage deeper, and often it'll help you to find things that you didn't know were in the Bible. And it helps you with making verse lists. But this is like really helpful. Like these methods of doing your own Bible study, this is like where half the material for my sermons comes from. Like this is really, really helpful for building a good understanding of the Bible. I think everyone should do these types of studies at least occasionally. Like at least once a month, but probably once a week would be good. If you, you know, want to make sure you get started, especially with um, you know, the second two types of Bible study, make a list of things you're interested in or would like to know more about or areas and topics you think are important and then make verse lists about them and principle lists about them. It's really helpful. It helps you to engage with the Bible more and get to know it more for yourself. If you don't study the Bible for yourself, then you don't know it for yourself. If all you get from other sermons is from sermons and books, which is good, and we'll get to that in a bit, but then you only know what other people think about the Bible. And it might be accurate. There's plenty of people who teach accurate things about the Bible, and that's good. But you need to study it for yourself. The Bible is how we get to know God, and God is our, fa- our Father. It'd be really weird if there was a child, and instead of like getting to know their father by talking to him, um, or listening to him, all they did was believe what other people told them about their father. Like, what kind of relationship is that? Why spend time with my father when I can hear other people talk about him? I really can't, I don't think I can explain just practically how helpful these are and how much they've helped me. Everyone should do their own Bible studies. And these three methods of doing them are simple, they're easy, but they're impactful. And if you don't do them, you're missing out. All right, helpful tip number four. Know what you're searching for. So the scripture has valuable... Are we good? All right, we're good. Just have to make sure everyone's awake. All right, helpful tip number four, know what you're searching for. So there are valuable things in the scriptures, but if you don't know what you're looking for in the scriptures, if you don't know what the valuable things are, you know, it's harder to find them. 
especially if you're not looking for them. You shouldn't be passive in your approach to scripture reading. You should be active and purposeful and intentful. You shouldn't be passive. But when reading the scripture, I think there's three things, at least, that's not comprehensive, that you, know, you should be looking for because they're just very valuable things. Uh, number one is application. I put in my notes application or you know, ethics, like practical teaching. You know, going back to that reference from earlier, that verse from James, be um, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's practical application. That's useful. That's something you can do, and that will make your life better. That will help you in sanctification. You know, the verses, plenty of verses in Proverbs are just nothing but straightforward application. Application is something you should look for. That's, like, precious. That's really of, of great worth. You should be looking for application when you're reading the Bible. The second thing you should be looking for is knowledge of God. Understanding about God's mind, God's heart, God's nature, God's intentions. That's very important. You know, you, God is your father. You have a relationship with him. The more you know about God, the better. You know, there's things the Bible teaches about God didactically, like verses that, you know, God is loving, God is patient, God is just. But there's also things that are taught implicitly. And that's why, like, there's great worth in reading, you know, the narrative sections of Scripture. You know, when if you're reading, currently I'm going through First and Second Samuel, that's mostly narrative, but there's so many things you can learn about God by watching what God does. All scripture is breathed out by God and all scripture is profitable. There's something, there's important things you can get from any passage. So application is important, and you should be looking for it. Knowledge of God is important, and you should be looking for it. The third one I have is, um, I guess I'll call them life principles, or I just wrote down principles. But uh, things the Bible teaches about how the world works, which I feel is a bit different from application. You know, there's verses that say, those who honor God, God will honor. That's a principle. That's a way the world works. It's like a law of nature that can't be broken. The more we know what the Bible says about how life works, um, you know, the more we'll think from a biblical worldview, a biblical point of view. And the Bible teaches plenty of things about how life works. The hand of the diligent makes rich. That's how life works. It's more than just purple, more than just application. It's if this happens, you can expect this result. And the Bible has plenty to say about that, and that is very valuable knowledge. That is really worth knowing. Any principle like that the Bible teaches, you want to know it. 
So those are three things that are very valuable in the scriptures that you should be looking for when you read the scriptures. Because looking for things makes you more likely to find them. If you lost your car keys but you're not looking for them, you really probably won't find them. I don't think I've ever accidentally found my car keys. So know what you're looking for. Helpful tip number five for getting the most out of your Bible reading routine. Become very familiar with the scriptures. So when I say familiar, I don't necessarily mean memorizing. Obviously, if you have something memorized, you're more than familiar with it, and that's good. But I think there's value even without having something totally memorized just in being familiar with it. Because it'll, it, it has a few benefits. For one thing, it, when doing your own Bible studies, it makes it easier to make verse lists. Because if you somewhat remember, oh, there was that one passage that talked about that, and it was in this book, you can look it up. Don't feel like it's either like it's memorized or it's you know, not helpful. It's plenty helpful just by being familiar with it. Because you can look it up. It's helpful for making verse lists. It's helpful for making principle lists. And it just makes it easier to recall scriptures in your everyday life. You know, the Holy Spirit will bring to mind what God has said. But in order for him to bring it to mind, we have to be familiar with it, to bring to remembrance. You don't remember something you never knew. There's great worth in simply being familiar with the scriptures. You know, in programming, there's kind of an idea, or at least it's an idea I have from programming. You can't memorize everything there is to learn as a programmer. That'd be ridiculous. Never going to happen. But um, familiarity plus Google equals just as good as memorized. That, <laughs> that's not quite true, but it's close. <laughs> Google remembers what I don't, but I know where to find it. You know, familiarity and the ability to look something up, I can still quote it in 60 seconds. And if you want some ideas on how to be more familiar with the scriptures, number one, read them every day. I think it's also helpful, like I recommended earlier, make verse lists. That's a really helpful exercise. And read other people's verse lists. You know, there's verse lists you can find anywhere. Like, they're on the internet. We have a bunch of them as a church. We have, um, Stephen makes them, and we have them, we have a, like a library of resource documents somewhere. Um, and we're working on getting that on our website. It will be. Um, but yeah, those are really helpful. I would recommend not just making verse lists, but reading verse lists. That's something I do almost every time I prepare a sermon, as I look for verse lists on that topic. Kind of similar to that, 
Helpful tip number six. Use modern tools to make your Bible study more effective and more efficient. So there's, there's three that I use a lot, and I'm just going to talk about those and try to give you some ideas of how you can use them to make your Bible studying more effective and more efficient. Number one, Google. So you can use Google to find verses really quickly, especially if you don't totally remember the verse. I do this all the time. Like my sermon prep would take twice as long without Google. It helps you to find verses quickly. Another thing it's helpful for is for finding verse lists. There's plenty of people who make verse lists and they're helpful, and you can find them on the internet, and I usually find them using Google. You can also use it to find various resources. You can use it to find sermons and books and articles. There's plenty of good resources out there. There are also not good resources out there, but you do have to be a bit careful with Google. Google is most certainly not always right. The second one I use a lot is Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway does have some really helpful features. For one thing, Bible Gateway's search is really helpful. Like if you want to do a Bible study on a certain topic, just search that word or that topic in the Bible Gateway search bar. It'll pull up a lot of verses on it. So you can, you know, search any word and it will pull up every verse with that word in it or any sentence and it'll pull up, you know, a verse with that, any verse with that sentence in it. Bible Gateway is also very helpful with translation comparison which especially if you want to know more about the meaning of a certain verse and kind of what you know the original wording was, translation comparison can kind of help with that. Because there's some words, one second, in the Greek and the Hebrew that like, it can be hard to pick a word to use to translate it. And so various translators have used different but similar words. And you know, translation comparison can help with that. Morgan, you had a question? Yeah. The translations have very good narrators that are like nice and consistent with the reading, so this is another like plug into it. Like it's yep. audio as well. It is. Um, yeah. A lot of translations have free audio Bibles on Bible Gateway, which can be helpful. Um, sometimes it's helpful to listen to the audio while you read. Or if you just want to get more of the Bible in, you know, you can just listen to it while you're driving to work. But Bible Gateway is helpful for those things. And then the third one I use a good bit is Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible has a number of helpful resources, but for any passage, you can any verse, any chapter, any passage, you can see what the original Greek and Hebrew was, and you can click on individual words, and they give definitions for those words, and you can find where that Hebrew word is used in the rest of the Bible, and where that Greek word is used in the rest of the Bible. They mostly get that from Strong's um, 
concordance, but they have other places they get it from. They have lexicons you can use for free. All this is free, and like Blue Letter Bible could charge money and it'd be worth it. Blue Letter Bible is a great service if you have a verse and you really want to know, like, especially if it's a verse you have questions about. Like, what did, what did Paul mean when he said that? If you have a verse you have questions about or you don't understand or you're confused about, sometimes it can be helpful to look up what the original wording was. But Blue Letter Bible has some great resources. The seventh helpful uh, method I have, or tip I have, is, um, you know, take advantage of books and sermons. You need to study the Bible for yourself, and, but you also do need, like, the teachings of other people. No one gets as far on their own as they will with the help of others. If I had to pick between the two, I would pick doing your own Bible studies, but you know, you, you really can't have one without the other. You need both. But books and sermons, teachings from other people in the Bible can be really helpful. You know, they can help you understand things you have questions about. They can help you learn which paradigms to come to the scriptures with. There's, you know, various books and sermons that I've listened to that have changed the way I see the scriptures. And there are things that I, in theory, could have learned on my own, but I probably never would have, or it would have taken, like, decades. But other people have studied for decades, and then they wrote books. And that can save me decades of time. It's pretty important. You know, I have a small list of just ones that were particularly impactful for me. Eschatology of Victory was really helpful. When the Church was a Family was really helpful. Desiring God by John Piper was really helpful. Like, these were things that changed the way I see the Scriptures and caused me to get more out of it each time because they caused me to think of it more accurately. Plenty of sermons that Greg did caused me to see the Bible more accurately. But you know, books and sermons can be helpful, but sometimes they can be hard to fit into the schedule. But you know, consistency matters in anything, and little by little, consistency over time can really make a big difference. For the most of it, I don't actually read per se. I mostly do audiobooks. I read the Bible, but for books, I usually listen to audiobooks. And I mostly just do it when I drive to work, when I drive back, and when I exercise. And that's only half the times of the week that I exercise. Sometimes I pray when I exercise. But just doing that, I can get through 24 books a year, like 200-page books or so, like the average length of a book type book. And that's not like inconvenient for me at all. Some of the books I've been doing recently as audiobooks have been really helpful and like made a significant impact in various areas of my life. There was a book by Gary North that I managed to get an audiobook of on, you know, a biblical view of economics, and I found that very helpful. 
Sometimes you have to be creative to work something into your schedule, but you can be creative. If you haven't read the foundational book list, I would recommend you read the foundational book list. You know, that's really helpful for forming paradigms and getting a good base understanding of some key scriptural concepts. But anyways, that's all. Let's go to the conclusion. That is my seven helpful tips for, you know, getting the most out of your Bible reading routine. So in conclusion, make sure you have a Bible reading routine for 2022. It's part of the reason I talked about this. It's, it's the new year, you know. Everyone's thinking about what they're going to do in 2022 and their goals and their Bible reading routines. Make sure you have one. Have some type of Bible routine. Make sure you include writing as part of it. Writing is so helpful for engaging. Include writing as part of it. I really do think, you know, highlighting, underlining, taking notes, and having some type of journal for like larger notes, that really helps. The last thing is just do make sure you do your own Bible studies. It's so helpful, and I, I really do feel that I can't, I don't know how to communicate how helpful I think it is to really understanding the Bible better. I don't think it's possible that a person who doesn't do their own Bible studies will understand the scriptures as well as they would if they did do their own Bible studies. I don't think it's possible. So do your own Bible studies. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, that we have your word. Thank you for the great treasure that your word is. Thank you that it gives us wisdom for life and we can get to know you through it. Thank you that it has the words of eternal life in it. We pray that we would value your word more. We pray that we'd be diligent to spend time in it daily. We pray that we would engage well with it and we would get much out of it, Lord. We pray that you would cause us to value it more. And we thank you for your grace and amen.